Welcome, welcome to another Pay the Deuce. Joined as always by Matt McCumber, Kevin Ducey. Call him, call him money, call him money, Matt. Money, Matt McCumber. Money, Matt. Money, Moco, baby. Here it was. This was the race with heroes of Kevin and Matt. Week one. Here it is. Here it is. Week ten. Slow but steady. Wins the race. Know. I don't know if he's ahead, but we're, we're right there. We're we're very close. Yeah, I might be within a game or two right now. But man, if you guys have been putting money with Matt the last three or four weeks, you've probably been making it. Um, and and with that said, Kevin, if you've been putting money with Kev most of the weeks, you've made money. Yeah, that Especially one's that one six week week before last. So that, that one's that one's still six. But yeah. Um. So and I would say this: your guys is you each I think had one pick all year that I'll pick on real quick, and it's okay. You, you can say whatever you want about me. So his the Ryder Cup pick was just you know whatever. I think it was just a throw, you know, you can spit in the wind, just hope it doesn't hit you. It was a heart pick. I had to throw some golf on it. And then yeah. and then Matt's Indiana, Michigan pick was <laughs> Well, I mean, that was before I knew they were stealing signs. Can I get some? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what it is. It was the signs. Yeah. yeah I exactly. forgot because you know Connor Stallions was over there watching the Indiana State Indiana game with his like <laughs> big mustache. Hey. He probably looked like, you know, uh, get smart, right? That, that central michigan screen cap that's uh it's getting hilarious now i mean i it's crazy you know and makes me wonder wonder what illinois would have beat michigan by last year without all those signs they were stealing right you know because they really didn't beat illinois anyway so i mean man <clears throat> so with that said everyone i appreciate you guys tuning in wherever you're at if you're on x uh formerly known as twitter or you're on youtube so we appreciate you guys there. Uh, both of you guys had pretty good weeks. And uh, this week, we'll start out in the Big Ten. And we're going to head to Piscataway, Jersey, home of the Giants, Tommy DeVito. DeVito. Touchdown, Big Tommy money, DeVito. I'm sure if you guys had that guy in your fantasy team, you would have never thought he would have given you any points. But, uh, <laughs> you in a deep league. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's a real deep league. Uh, in defense of TD, uh, Tyrod Taylor didn't do diddly squat when he was in the game either. So No, he didn't. Um, well, I mean, he scored their only touchdown. Yeah, that's what I'm – I mean, come on. like, And they wouldn't even let him throw in the second half for real. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're staying in Jersey, um, you know, Jersey's finest Tommy DeVito didn't choose Rutgers. Uh, he chose Syracuse and then Illinois, but Rutgers has Greg Schiano and a six and two really, really like solid. They're just solid, you know, Very. Like, they're not, they don't really beat themselves. They take advantage of others mistakes. It's an 18 and a half point spread. You know, Ohio state is number one in the college football playoff, which I don't know if that's shocking to either one of you guys, but, uh, Kind of surprising, a little, so, little, little surprising, but uh, name recognition there. I mean, I thought it would have went to Georgia and OSU too, but nah. Yeah, so you know, in this one, it's the line's eighteen and a half, and like, and I can understand why it might be like, oh, it's just Rutgers. It's really not the same Rutgers. Like they they don't beat themselves, and I know Ohio State's got some firepower, but Rutgers has a pretty good defense. They have great special teams. You know, I think that the, the thing here is you guys, when you make your picks, do you think Rutgers has enough offense? So, Matt, we'll start with you. Yeah, that is the $1 million question because um, their offense can be a little uh, 
you know, um, bogged down at times and they do have trouble scoring. But I look at this game and I kind of go with the same logic as last week with Ohio State. I just think 18 and a half is way too many points for an Ohio State team that doesn't score like they used to. And um, Rutgers has a very good defense. Rutgers allow about 15.8 points per game on defense. Um, Ohio State's, I think, in the top five. They're around 10 a game. So we got two very good defenses here. Um, again, I, Shiano, like you said, very disciplined team. They do not beat themselves. Um, can they score enough? I think so to keep it with an 18 and a half. Over-under is 42 and a half. Uh, so they're anticipating a low-scoring game, maybe – you know, somewhere around 21, 13, or, you know, maybe 24, 13, something like that. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think this stays within uh, um, 18 and a half. And I think Vegas has undervalued Rutgers all season. They're six, one and one versus the spread. Um, whereas Ohio State's four and four, they've got some big spreads out there throughout the year. They didn't cover last week. I don't think they're covering. 18 and a half this week. I think if they're thinking it's going to be like a 28 to 10 or 30 to 10 type of game, you know, I'm thinking if that's where the line is, but 28, 13 seems probably pretty good. But Kev, what are you, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm on the same logic as, as Matt here. 18 and a half points for the home team, a pretty well coached team that's doing things the right way. The Rutgers has the second best rushing offense in the conference where they struggle is they really struggle to throw the ball. They don't throw the ball for much, nope. but they're, they're like the second fewest sack team in the conference. Actually the fewest sacks. They've only given them up seven sacks all year. Ohio state's pass rush has left a little bit to be desired with only 16 on the year. I'm not saying that Rutgers is going to come out here and throw the ball all over Ohio state. They're really going to try and run and control the clock. Ohio state has a very good run defense, but I think that that, I'm just not a believer in McCord and the offense and their ability to score enough. Enough. Here. Yep. 18 points, it's a big number. And I think it's – I think for Ohio State to score, to, to cover that, they're probably going to have to shut Rutgers out. And so I see this being somewhere like 20, 27, 27-10, um, But, you know, there is the possibility that Ohio State could, you know, shut them out and win the game. 24 to nothing I, wouldn't shock me, but I think Rutgers defense, uh, the, the inconsistencies of McCord leave them with a, co a couple enough short fields to keep this game within contention. They do have a really good running game. They got a dynamic running back. Mm -hmm. I forgot what his, his name's eluding me at the moment. The kid's a pretty good ball player. So yeah, I like, I like Rutgers. 18 and a half points is too much to, to give in this, this situation. I think the, the, the folks for Sunge, the state university in New Jersey are going to come out like, like wild hyenas out there, they're going to be they're going to be really pumped to have this home game, uh, even though it's early kick. I, I think Rutgers keeps it within the number. Yeah, and, and you know what? And I just watched the journey last night with uh, the story with Isaiah Williams, and then the running back from Rutgers who who's supremely undersized. And you know, his high school coach was telling Greg Chiano, you know, because Greg was asking him, "Is this guy really a Big Ten running back?" And he's like, "Yeah." Kyle Monogadai or Monogadai. Yep. So, and he has um, he has proven his worth, and uh, I think Greg Giano has proven that that man can coach his tail off. So, uh, moving on to the next game on the docket, we're going to go to Manhattan, right? It's in Austin. Oh, it's in Austin. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that changes things for me a little bit, but. Uh, so, and I was going to have some fun with the wordplay. I was going to say Manhattan, like, oh, New York. Like, 
No, <laughs> the little apple. And you knew, knew something about that. Four years there. Yeah, that's right. Um, so Kansas State heads to Austin uh, to play the Longhorns of Texas. And uh, looks like the line, you guys, is uh, five and a half for Texas is a favorite to win this. Uh, five and a half. Kev, we're going to start with you. Uh, are you do you think because Kansas State seems to be the team that you know loses a, some a couple games every year they probably shouldn't yeah you know, like but they always beat like an Oklahoma or you know a, a Texas or one game a year they just beat a team you're like wow okay they surprised me because you know they lost to Texas Tech or whatever but do you think uh, Kansas State has what it takes to take down uh, Sarkeesian's boys down in Austin five and a half point spread. All right, so this is this is the time of the year, and, and, and Matt's going to know exactly what I'm talking about, where you see a line and the, the intuition of the average college football better goes, Texas. Yeah. Texas. What are you talking about? Texas. I saw it at four. Mm-hmm. I was like, Texas. When that when that natural gut intuition takes over for the average, the average Joe better. Mm-hmm go the other way. I talked about it earlier in the year about the West Virginia Duke game in the NCAA tournament. This is a line that makes no sense to me. This this game should be nine and a half Texas. They're playing at home. They're the better team. They, they've got some life in, in, in the Big 12. Oklahoma lost last week. Uh, they've got some life in the college football playoff championship still. The Alabama win is looking better every single week. It screams take Texas. So I'm going to fade that. <laughs> I'm going to take Kansas State because the line doesn't make any sense. I have no logic for this other than that. The line doesn't make sense to me. And when I do that, I go against what the average Joe better would do and then take the logic and I'll take the Wildcats here. Give me the points. Matt, what you got? Yeah, I love the logic. and Exactly. Uh, it's a good point. And I think Kev might have a bet later on uh, during this broadcast that – kind of i was feeling the same way when i looked at the line eventually or at the first sight and was going to maybe make it my lock but kev went the other way but we'll we'll save that for later but um i'm going with kansas state as well covering the uh, five or give me the points with them uh five and a half because they're they're playing a really nice brand of football right now um they've outscored their opponents 82 to 3 the last two weeks they four out of their last five games, they've scored at least 38 points in, in four of those five games. Now, granted, they're not the you know top echelon of the Big 12 right now. There's some BYUs, and um, I think they played uh Cincinnati in one of those games, but there are uh, I think what was the other one? Um, can't remember, but anyways, I mean, they're they're taking care of business and playing a really nice brand of football. Um, they've got Will Howard at quarterback. Um, with the freshman coming in that spells them sometimes. And at Texas Tech, Will Howard wasn't playing great. They uh, insert Avery Johnson. He scored five rushing touchdowns as a, as a freshman. So um, they've got some the weapons on uh, offense. And then their defense, like I said, I mean, three points in the last two weeks, playing exceptionally well. They just have dudes on both sides of the ball. Um, obviously, Texas is supremely talented, but they got a second-string quarterback in there. Um Murphy, he was he was fine last week at the, about 175 yards, two TDs, one interception, just kind of ho hum. He's not Quinn Ewers, so um, I like to see this Kansas State defense get after him um, in a real pressure game. He had no pressure last week at home versus BYU. He got to sit back in that pocket and kind of pick him apart, and they won 
34 to six or something. So give me the Wildcats five and a half here. I think it's too much. I think it's a close game. And this would be a game I would sprinkle a little Kansas State money line. And, and, and a little heads up here for, for some of the folks at home. Matt and I had some conversations about this in the group is that we're running, we're, we're pulling the odds off scoresandodds.com. So you, Matt, Matt and I had a little bit of difference uh, of opinion on where this number was, and, and you might want to lean, lean one way or the other. Scores yeah. and odds does a does an amalgamation of, mm-hmm. of all the all the lines out there. So they've got it at five and a half. If you see it elsewhere, like Matt said, he might sprinkle some money line here for K State. I don't I don't know what the number would have to be for me to get Texas. Maybe a pick them, maybe one and a half. But I I, I really like Kansas State to stay within this number, especially at five and a half. Yeah, agree. Moving on to a former Big 12 squad who is now currently in the SEC, uh, who's, um, you know, had a pretty surprising year to a degree. Uh, you know, I think they've got quality, but Missouri, the Missouri Tigers are heading into Athens, Georgia, a top 15 clash. They're the 14th ranked team in the college football playoff, uh, Missouri. And they're heading to uh, well, twelfth. Sorry, they're the twelfth ranked team yeah, in the playoff, 12th. and the sec against the second ranked Georgia Bulldogs. And it's just you know, it's, the college football playoff said this, but the ranking said that, you know. So uh, <clears throat> interesting to a degree, but also, um, Matt, do you think uh, Missouri has enough offense to keep it? Uh, under 16 and a half. You know what? Their offense has been good, and I'll give them a lot of credit. I mean, they're seven and one. They've taken care of business too, just kind of like K State. They've kind of had a workmanlike approach. They've done enough. Um, they've taken care of business. Um, you got Cook back there finding uh, Luther Burden. Um, you know, big playmaker. Uh, he always seems to to come shine in big games and when they need them. Um, I am looking at, though, I, I bet against Georgia a couple times this year already. It always seems like at the end of the day, in the fourth quarter, they might only be down seven or eight, but they find a way to to, to get the spread. You mean and, uh, you mean up seven or eight? Up seven or eight, sorry. Yeah, and they always find a way to cover the spread. Um, remember, they, though, remember, Matt, last year, though, Missouri and Georgia, they played, they gave Georgia their best yeah. game of the year. They, they did. And they actually, Georgia should have lost that Columbia, but um, both of these D's are good. Uh, Georgia first in the SEC and um, Mizzou kind of middle of the pack, middle of the road. Uh, obviously, Georgia gets the, uh, gets the brunt of that versus Missouri, but um, offensives sixth. For Georgia, 17th in the nation for Mizzou. And then um, Mizzou is converting on 97% of their trips into the red zone. But Georgia allows the fewest red uh, red zone trips in the entire nation. So I don't think Mizzou is going to get there enough and not going to have as many times, uh, many chances to score. So I'm going to take the Bulldogs at home, minus 16 and a half. I'm, 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 this is 17 plus for me, for sure. I think they end up covering. They find a way in the second half. It's going to be close until then. So last week I took Georgia, uh, and it was was about the same spreads, 14 and a half against Florida in a rivalry game. And it seemed like too big of a number for a lot of people. The logic for that was kind of like I talked about in the previous game. Is that too much? I think George is going to has finally found its way. And, and Carson Beck's thrown for 2,400 yards this year. That offense is starting to come around. 
Yeah. And we all know what that defense is. And I don't care. They got a lot of guys in the league. They're still they still got dogs for the dogs on that side of the ball. Uh, furthermore, this is a team that's won 25 straight games. They've won two consecutive college football national championships. And you got moved out of the number one spot in the first college football playoff. Yeah, I think best. And I think Missouri's a little bit of paper tigers here. Missouri's beaten Kentucky, who Kentucky's shown like, eh, what are they really? Missouri's best win to year to date, Kansas State at home in Columbia, 30 to 28 on a long field goal. Yeah. I just do not see. I see this is a game where Missouri gets exposed a little bit for who they are. I think Missouri's a good football team. I think 7-1 is a little bit of a farce. I don't think they've really played anybody. The one time they played somebody, LSU went up and down the field on them. Georgia's got the second-best offense in the SEC behind LSU. And there's one thing that Georgia has that LSU doesn't, and that's the ability to stop other teams from scoring. LSU's defense is putrid. I think that uh, Brady Cook gets gets some pressure. I think he gets hit. I think Georgia's pissed. Give me give me the Bulldogs by three touchdowns at least in this one. This might be this might be an old fashioned ass whooping. This might yeah. be like forty five to seven, and everybody's like, "Oh, maybe we should have paid more attention to Georgia." <laughs> My apologies with the ticker keeping KSU and Texas up on the whole time. My bad. Well, I think people knew who we were talking about. <laughs> I know, but my I, I, my bad, you guys. Uh, so not letting it happen with the next one. I'm knocking it out right away. So this one to me is just what the line. What's the what's the total line like? 65, 70, 70? 75 and a half. 70, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and you got that, Matt? Is that what you got it too? Yeah, I, I I earlier was 74 and a half, but it's probably yeah. So I was looking through my app. You got last year's Heisman Trophy winner okay. Caleb uh, Caleb Williams. Yeah, yep. uh, against this year, I think's probably front runner. In the uh, conversation for sure. Yeah, he sure is. Yeah, should be. Um, heading to in this game is at in the Coliseum. Yeah. Um. So, to me, I don't know why USC still ranked. Uh, but it is what it is. I think they just keep them there for name recognition, just to be a big matchup. Who knows? You know. But but Cal about a three and four Cal team about beat USC last week, and they put up forty three on. Now they put up forty nine on USC. Forty nine guys. They and went you, two. I was gonna say USC had to get a two to win. Yeah. So to me, it's like, man, how many of the hussies gonna put on them? You know, it's you know, I know, and the only thing I can say to me that makes this tricky with the the line four and a half is that Washington the last two weeks has really not looked like that team that beat Oregon. Yeah. I don't know if there was just some like letdown after that big matchup where they were like competition went down. Arizona State nearly beat them in Seattle. They actually looked human because Washington looked like a just a, a, yeah, 15 to seven, right? Ooh. Yeah. They looked like a locomotive, like Did, unstoppable. And then Arizona state holds them to 15 points. Yeah. Didn't even score an offensive touchdown. Yeah. And then last week, Stanford, who's just a tricky team, like one week they can put up 35, 40 the next week, you know, they'll lose by 20. It's, and they gave Washington about three good quarters, you know? So that was a pretty decent game. And then uh, now here we are with USC. Top 25 matchup, four and a half. Kev, we're going to get start with you. So we got we got Washington traveling to USC in prime time, and USC's catching the points. We got a home dog in prime time. We know home my dogs. bets. I love home dogs. I love home dogs in prime time. Tee it up. Mm. 
Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> hold, on, hold, talking, on, hold on, hold on. Not so fast, my friend. So you, fast. Were talking, you were talking about arguably the least intimidating home field environment for a blue blood football team in all college football. I, I was I just spent the last week. You guys know I was on the on, on that golf outing. I'm there with a buddy from LA. They just don't care about college sports there. You it's, just, it's just not that important to them. And I don't see I don't give USC the same bump here. And the problem for me is just like you said, while Washington has been a little bit inconsistent the last couple of weeks, I think there was a major letdown coming out of that Oregon game. I talk all the time about the emotions of college football. Washington was on cloud nine. And then all of a sudden they had to play an Oregon State team that they're favored by 28. And man, I wanted to jump on Arizona State. I wanted to jump on Arizona State and I didn't. And I'm mad. I'm still kicking myself for that one. And then they got a Stanford team that they're favored by 24 and a half. I was like, well, now all of a sudden you get the big dogs. You, I don't give a crap what USC's done the past couple of weeks. There's still something about that 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 garnet and yellow or whatever they call their color schemes. They are still the bullies of the Pac-12. I don't care what's happened the past few years. Washington is coming into this game. They're going to be fired up. And, and USC's just flat out inability to stop anyone on defense. <laughs> and you got arguably the best quarterback you've played against all year. Yep. Washington, Washington, Washington might hang 60 on them. And I don't think that's an exaggeration, dude. I really don't. And so four and a half points is not enough for me here. Uh, Utah, me, Utah scored 35. So there you go. Yeah. And Utah doesn't have Utah's offense is suspect. Right. Yeah. And so give me, give me Washington. I'll give the points at USC here. I get the better quarterback. I get the better defense. I don't know if I get the better offense. But I get the better right. football team right here. It's, and, and I don't get the typical home field advantage in a primetime environment. So give, give me give me Washington minus the points here. I think I think and I, I do like the over. A 75 and a half is a big pill to swallow. But I mean this yeah, is I, mean, this, I couldn't see it. This has got 50 30. This has got 50 42 written all over it. <laughs> it does. I'm thinking like to, to get that line is going to have to be like 40 to 35, you know? Like no no way in heck is that happening. All right, Matt. Over. Mm-hmm. I cannot you know, it, everything that Kev just said is is right. There's nothing I can really add to this other than the fact that I just do not trust USC's defense. I mean, it's just can't do it. Um, they've shown time and time again that they can't stop the run. They have major holes in their secondary. People just pass all over them. They can't get people. They can't get teams um, off the field on third down. And you got a top, probably three, top two Heisman candidate coming in here that hasn't played well in the last two weeks. I mean, to his standards, uh, they obviously both won and he's still putting up numbers, but he hasn't been sharp and, uh, you know, he's going to be out for blood. Now, on the other side, USC too, you know, people think the sky's falling there. They're sitting at seven and two. Don't think they should be ranked. But as Kev said, uh, they've got a terrible home field advantage. Uh, People don't care. And um, you know, there's way, there's a lot more things to do in LA than uh, go to a SC a seven and two SC football game um, against Washington. 
And the number of Washington grads that live in the greater LA area, I wouldn't be surprised if the Coliseum is 40% purple and gold. Oh, yeah. Well, it's similar yeah. to what the Chargers and the Rams face, where they don't really have much of a home field advantage down there because there's so many transplants. Right. And it's weird. Isn't it weird to say, like, they have the better quarterback? It's like, you know. I, I said that. I don't know if I'm right with that one. I might have overstepped. I, I, I will say USC. This year he has been. Is better. This year yes, he has. The better offense. Yes. That USC does have the better total offense in a lot of categories but i you know um you know it's debatable but anyways you uscd giving up 44 a game the last three games um they are know how, how does their defensive corner have a job i mean i know and they're two and seven against the spread this year it's alex grinch right i mean yeah, like, yeah, yeah come on man. Like, i was gonna say is that like is that like lincoln riley's best friend growing up like, he was ohio state's d coordinator yeah and came came to oklahoma and made their defense actually serviceable it's, but it took you know it took a couple of years so oh you know, my goodness all right okay so i'm gonna end um give me u-dub minus four and a half and just a little tidbit overs last five games between these two teams oh and five just, just a little put it in your pocket put it in your pocket yep right like that all right <laughs> will do all right if matt tells me to put it in my pocket i'm putting it in my pocket all right so next we're gonna have we have a revenge game here because we remember how this game ended last year right you know lsu getting that wasn't that walk off towards the end of the game uh in in baton rouge it was it really kept alabama out of the playoff i mean that that loss is the one that just hung over them. You know, it was just like, you know, not good enough. Um, and that's going to really, I think, keep this matchup, which LSU, I think, has been, you know, I, I don't know. It's kind of hard for me with Bama. Just they weren't impressive as much earlier in the year. They're doing kind of what they normally you would expect them to do of late. This can obviously with the line three and a half. Uh, but I think Bama's definitely going to come in and they're not forgetting last year. And they no. know what happens again this year. They're out again. So, with that said, uh, Matt, I think we're starting with you on this one, right? Yep. Uh, do you think uh, it? Do you think uh, that they're going to do it two years in a row? The old uh, Baton Rouge Tigers. I do not. And yeah. uh, first of all, shout out Russ S. Listening in China right now at ten forty-five a.m. That's awesome. Oh. Okay, we, cool, man. Love to see it. Um, all right. I, I don't. I think, uh, you know, Bama at home, it's just no way. Um, I, I don't bet against Nick Saban at home. I don't bet against him at 630 at night. Um, and, you know, it's 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 a night game. I, I don't care who the opponent is. Um, give me the three and a half. Both of these teams are coming off bye weeks. Um, and, yeah, Jalen Milrow at the beginning of the season really got, you know, a little – brought mm -hmm. up some skepticism because of how he performed. And, you know, the guy's only a sophomore. I mean, give him a break. He was still learning. Um, I think he's gotten steadily better throughout the season. He doesn't, he's going to still make mistakes. He's still going to miss some throws here and there, but he's got a great deep ball. They've got athletes all over the field. So does LSU. Don't get me wrong. LSU's number one in the nation in third down conversions, first downs and scoring. So their offense is, is, Obviously, <laughs> very, very good. But the Alabama defense will be the best defense that LSU sees all season. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Uh, Brian Kelly said so in the press conference the other day. He's like, we're, you know, we're, we're going to have to come in and be better than ever because it's the best defense we've seen all season. So um, I still like the Bama defense here. Um, LSU secondary a little banged up. Um, gives me even more um, onus to take Bama here, minus three and a half. Both teams five and three against the spread, but LSU one and two versus ranked teams. Give me Bama at home under the lights. Nick Saban, uh, play sweet home Alabama. It's too, bad, it's too bad they weren't a a dog. Otherwise, that's right. Dog in prime time. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's no way that's happening. Not in Tuscaloosa. And I'm, you know, we're we're in a lot of agreement here, Matt, with what's been said here. And the challenge for me in this one is that Alabama has enough offense to score against just about anyone. They can score a little bit, but the challenge is, like LSU, just flat out can't tackle guys. And I know that mobile quarterbacks have given um, Nick Saban's team's fits in the past. And LSU's going to score here. I mean, it's going to happen. But Bama, I, I, get, I get a top 20 defense in Alabama, 17th in the nation, and an 88th ranked LSU defense. I mean, their defense, their defense is not USC bad, but it's pretty damn bad. I mean, it's embarrassing how – how many athletes they have on that side of the ball that they can't stop the football. I mean, where, where in the world are we when we're talking about LSU's offense and not about their defense? Other than the season that they've had with Joe Burrow, that was, it's been the complete opposite for the basically the past 20 years. Yeah. And you get them under the lights in Tuscaloosa, rivalry game, Bama pissed off about what happened last year. Give me, give me roll tide in this one, something like 38 24. I mean, I think I think tide rolls in this one, maybe 38 27, something like that. But I think the tide roll in this one, and I haven't looked at the total on this one, but I, it's got me thinking. I can't imagine it's that high, Matt. You know, no, I want to say it's in the 40s, but I don't have, yeah, if it's in the 40s, I'm going over hard all day. It, it might be actually right 49 and a half or something, yeah, like, like 50 and a half, actually. Um, so I'll probably do some research on that one, but I, 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 I mean, LSU is going to score cause they've got the number one mm -hmm. offense in the country, but my goodness, that Alabama defense is starting to flex its muscle a little bit here. So, and you know, for the last one, you guys, before we get to the locks, we're mm -hmm. going to stick right around old Kev's neck of the woods for some bedlam. Cause guess what? Bedlam is about to be ending very soon. Is this the last year? Yeah, this is the last year. Yeah, you can just yeah. tell, man. Uh, you can just. Matt, I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, you could just tell, though. Mike Gundy's so sore about it. You know, it's, you know, oh. he's yeah, he's just real sore about it. I think you just hear yeah. him talk about it a couple times a year, and you know, and oh, you know, oh, well, we we'll still get the game, but you know, hey, you know what? They want to leave the conference. They leave the conference. You know, uh, I and I can tell you what Oklahoma State sneaky good. I think. You know, sneaky, sneaky good. They're they always end up being you know nine and three, ten and two every year. You know, so so but but with the six and a half point spread, I know Oklahoma is going to come in and just you know they the way Kansas got to them last week, the weather I think definitely affected it to a I think it affected Oklahoma a lot more than I think it affected Kansas. Uh, you know, so Kansas had to make some big plays last week to pull it off. They did, but mm -hmm. I think. Oklahoma's going to have to, you know, take it out on the, on the old Cowboys. So, uh, Kevin, we're, we're starting with you on this one. Yeah, and, and it's it's one of those things. So this is this is if you talk about the 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 separation of conferences, 
what the Big 12 did eventually is why Nebraska is now a Big 10 team. So Nebraska's rival was Oklahoma. And then when they split into the two divisions in the Big 12, Nebraska got to play Oklahoma two times every six years. And you'd say, well, Oklahoma lost a rival. Well, yeah, but Oklahoma also had a rival in Oklahoma State. They also had a rival in Texas. So you put they had three rivalry games a year. Losing one doesn't hurt them that bad. Well, now, where's Oklahoma State at this? Like, who's their rival now that Oklahoma's leading? That Oklahoma and Texas are leading. So there's there, there's some there's some butt hurt in Stillwater, and I get it, right? And I'm actually a Mike Gundy fan because all that dude does is find a way to go nine and three or ten and two in Stillwater. Ryan, you already said it. Like they started yeah. off the season, they started off the season really poor. Who'd they get beat by twenty three to nothing? Everybody's like, oh my goodness, this uh, team is. Yeah, uh, I, I, never, I was all over them. Yeah, they, they were terrible. terrible. Yeah, and all, sudden, and all of a sudden they're six and two and might have the best running back in college football, like uh, Ollie Gordon. This dude, if y'all haven't watched this dude play, he is freaking incredible, dude. He is incredible. And Oklahoma is reverting to some things they've done in the past. They cannot stop the run. Devin Neal ran for 100 and some odd yards on him last week. Uh, the weather's going to be perfect here on Saturday, so it's not going to affect much there if you're going to talk about a weather game. I honestly don't know what Oklahoma was doing with how rarely they, uh, Dylan Gabriel threw the ball last week. But this is one where you get a home team, you get a home charged up crowd, and I, and I just, I just like, I like the pokes in this one. This is, uh, it's, uh, it's not a primetime game, is it? I haven't looked. On, it's on, not. It's uh, two thirty. Two thirty. Yeah, that's right. Because I got invited to a party, but I've got plans at two thirty on Saturday to not watch any other football other than the beloved. I was about to yeah. say you gotta have plans for you gotta have plans for Minnesota now. Yeah, in front of my couch watching the damn game. Yeah. Uh, it's too many points. This is a big number. This is a big number to me. This is a big number in a rivalry game, and uh, and and I know Oklahoma's licking their wounds. They're not completely healthy. Their their middle linebacker uh, is twenty eight. One of the best defensive players in the country is banged up. He says he's going to play this week, but I don't think he's going to be the same. I don't think the Pokes nest. I don't think the Pokes win this game, but I certainly like them to stay within the number here. Yeah, and I'm going to go the opposite of the deuce here. And, um, the only reason, a couple reasons I'm doing it. One, it is a two 30 game and not six 30. If this was a night game, uh, shut it down. I, I would probably take Pope's money line with how they've really turned their season around at six and two. I mean, they, they look like a completely different team, as we said. And then, uh, to Kevin's point, Ollie Gordon, he's doing stuff at Oklahoma state that hasn't been done since Barry Sanders. And, he leads the NCAA in rushing. So, like Kev said, go, watch this dude play because he he's pretty special. He will be playing in the NFL uh, on Sundays here in the near future. But um, it's also smart, Matt. Really quick, if you you can't have too many picks of Kev because then you can't overpass him. You see, that's right. That's when right. you're doing your pick. You got to remember that because that's you right. can't surpass your man if you're t picking the same thing. But I'm, I am going to take the Sooners here only because they had their wake-up call last week versus KU. Again, if they were probably coming off a, a relatively easy win in the Big 12, again, I would probably take the Pokes. But I, I think they got their wake-up call. I don't think they played to the best ability because of kind of a weather game there. They're probably pissed off. They've still – you know, they're sitting at 7-1, and one and they're going to be the Big 12's – maybe only well between Texas and them representative to try to sneak into the college football playoff. So 
they might be on the outside looking in now, but um, you know, they, they still have the motivation to get there. Um, I expect it to be close. I'm taking the Sooners minus six and a half, and it's going to be a, maybe a INT return uh, to get over the cover. They win by seven, no more than 10. Give me the Sooners. That leads that leads us to the locks of the week, Kev and Matt. What were you last week, Matt? I was four and one with the regular picks and zero oh and one on my lock. Okay, so four and two. And I'm never trusting or betting on the Packers again. They are garbage. I thought with their backs against the wall, they'd play better, but Jordan Love's not the answer. So that did not go well for me. Four. I wish I could revel in that as a Bears fan, but I'm still pissed that the Vikings won too. I wish they could have tied. Man, I, I took the Bears um, Sunday night minus eight and a half or plus eight and a half, and um, I was quickly disappointed on that. Illinois women just won third set. They won to beat Northwestern tonight, 13 and 10. They're five straight wins in the Big Ten for those ladies. Wow, Looks like they're on their way to another NCAA tournament. I was worried about them. You guys, they were 8 and 10. So now they're 13 and 10. Big, hey, Big, Ten, Big Ten volleyball is no joke. Yeah, no joke. The best conference in the country. So sorry if that's where my attention was the last 22 minutes. But I I did a mat when he was watching baseball, the NLCS, yeah. ALCS two weeks ago. Uh, or so, me when we were interviewing Marcus Tabasco and I'm watching uh, the, yeah. the, the, the uh, Kings and Warriors. Yeah, oh, come on. We're trying to – and the whole time I'm like, what is Kevin looking at? I'm like, Damask is even probably like – Hey man, I talked I talked to Marcus about it. I apologize to him. He's like, no worries, dude. I was doing the same thing. So, <laughs> so Matt, keep this ball rolling. I think you're above 500 now for sure. Um, what's your lock of this week? I'm gonna go to Morgantown, West Virginia, and I'm gonna take the over BYU West Virginia game of 51. Last three games that West Virginia has played in, it the scores have been 41, 39. 41-28, and 48-34. Um, they've gotten in a lot of track meets here in the Big 12. Defense is not great. Um, they are very content of going up and down the field and getting in these um, up and down matches where shootouts kind of. I don't think BYU is going to score a ton here, but I still think West Virginia will end up between 33 to 40 points. And I think um, – BYU is going to give me at least 17 to 20. So I'm going to take the over 51 in this game. I think it's going to be another high scoring game. I, I like BYU's ability to come back after only dropping six at Texas last week. They'll, they've got some more in the tank. They're going to score some. So give me the over 41 West Virginia BYU. Just give that man his, give that man his money right now. Like if you're listening on this one, I love Matt's logic on that one. So I, I'm, I'm I like that one with you, brother. I'm I'm in on that. Awesome. Uh, and the last time we firmly agreed, BYU Texas Tech, BYU getting four and a half. We called money line firmly happened. Yeah. So I'm just saying. Yeah. All right. So I'm sticking with some logic here. There's a couple different logics at play here for me. Is Kansas creeps back into the rankings after a win against Oklahoma. It's a good football team. We know that, even though their star quarterback, preseason Big 12 player of the year, only needed to play against us, I suppose. Um, they come off a big win against OU. They're feeling themselves a little bit, and they travel to Ames, Iowa. And we got an Iowa State team that's kind of, eh, 
Yeah, right. <laughs> and Iowa State's favorite? Iowa State's favorite by a point and a half? That, this is the You're game the I said. You're <laughs> the clones. <laughs> right. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no zero sense. sense. It's a nonsense. It's a nonsense line, but they're also at home in prime time. They do get a they are the antithesis of USC, where they have nothing else to do in Ames. No. Nothing. Nothing. And like, I mean, we could say that we grew up in the Champaign Urbana area. What did we have to do on Saturday night <laughs> if Illinois was playing? Nothing but go to the game. I I, I like the clones to, to to win this outright by more than a point and a half. Uh, I know it seems weird. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but this is this is a nonsense. This is a this is the average Joe goes into their ESPN CSB, CBS Sports Line app and says, "Kansas is good and Iowa State isn't. Why is it one and a half? Oh, I'm I'm hammering. I'm going to hammer Kansas. And what they mean by hammering Kansas, they're going to put fifty dollars. And there's going to be thousands of people who will put fifty dollars on that. And the sharps are going to be like, nah." I'm, I'm taking Iowa State. As a matter of fact, the money that's rolled in has been really slow from the sharp side. It's been really heavy from the public side. It's moved the line down. It was three and a half or four and a half to start. So the public money came in early. The sharps are just sitting there waiting, waiting. To Iowa yeah. State, waiting to hammer Iowa State. I love the clones this week, minus a point and a half. Yeah, I, I, I love it. All righty, y'all. Um, just other than that, real quick, what's the what's the world? Oh, yep. shit, we can't talk. We can't talk about the World Series. All right. We're about Don't to get off. That. We're going to end this one right here with Kevin. He's going to go watch that World Series. Mm. It's about 10 o'clock. It's getting late. We've got little ones. Uh, so, with that said, real quick, mm. Illinois beating Minnesota this week? Yeah. Give me give me, give me, me Illinois on this. All right. Kev? Yeah. You know, I, I made that pick on, on uh, Monday night. And it's funny. I, I was listening to Eyes on Big Ten podcast and uh, Jeffrey the Greek and his new co-host this year. It's funny. They both went 2017. The Greek went Illinois. The other guy went the other way. So it's kind of funny. They went the same score. But I, I do think Illinois can find a way to win this week. I think they're, they're, I think they're a little red-ass this week. I think, yeah, I think yeah. Brett seems red-ass coming off a of bye week. I, I think Illinois comes out and asserts its will on them. I agree. I said 21-17, so I think we're all in agreement there. They need it. With that said, Swami out. I-L-L. I and I. We'll see you on Sunday. Keep it in order.